Okay, we are in Sefer Yeshayahu, Perik Mem Aleph, Pasuk Aleph, Hachrishu Eli Iim Ulumin. And so Yeshayahu is continuing on these prophecies of Nechama, and this one has several different uh, segments, not necessarily related. The first segment from Hachrishu Eliim is the Maftir that we read on Shabbos Lechacha, Parshas Lechacha, and you'll see why, because what it is basically a challenge to the other nations of the world. They are being called to judgment by Yeshayahu as to why they totally failed to absorb what Avraham taught, that Avraham gave a, a lesson to the world in monotheism, and they for a while observed it, and then they left it. They are going to be held accountable. They're going to have to answer for why they slid back into Avodah Zarah. So beginning, Hachrishu elai iim umim yachlifu koach, Yigshu owes Yidabru Yachtov the Mishpat Nikrava. In other words, he's summoning the nations and he says, Achrishu, be, be silent. Um, all of you nations, large, small, you will need Koach. Yachlifu Koach, you will need strength. More likely, it's an intellectual strength to refute this indictment that I am giving you. Then come near and we will speak together and come together in judgment. Miheir Mizracha, who do you think awoke the one from the east? That is Abraham Avinu. Um, that Abraham, of course, comes from Padan Aram, which is east of Eretz Yisrael, Tzedek Yikra'ehu l'raglav yitain l'fanov goyum u'mlochim yard yitain ka'ofer harbo k'kash nidov kashto. Who awoke that one from the east, specifically Abraham, who was justice, representational just wherever he went. Uh, he gave nations to him and dominion, who gave him the power, and his sword turned into dust and his um, bow, bow and arrow, into stubble. What they're referring to is the conquest of the four malachim, over the five malachim that Abraham led. Um, and what the Medrash tells us in Tanis is that when he threw his uh, dust at the enemy, it turned into a sword. Um, or when he turned um, through dust again at them, it turned into bows and arrows, so that it was a miraculous victory. So his conquest over the four kings um, caused um, a unification of the world, as it were. It was such a miraculous event, and it was such a, a learning opportunity, so that Yerdefeim Yavod Shalom, uh, he pursued them, um, through the lands, 
Orech Baraglov Lo Yovo. This was a path that he did not previously traverse. In other words, he wasn't a man of war. This was one of the first times that he went to war, and he was on territory he was not familiar with. But he mastered the situation. Who did all of this? Hashem, who created the generations from the beginning, I am first, I will be last. You should, the Kaddish Baruch was saying to Yishayol, you should admire us, not persecute us. As a result of this battle that Abraham led, Pasuk, hey, ro'u iyim v'yoru kitzos ha'aretz yechradu kirvu v'yeos yum. That coming out of this battle of these triumphs, um, everyone came to uh, Avraham. Everyone recognized the primacy of the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Remember, the king of stone comes with tribute. Malkit Sedek comes. They all bless him with gifts. All the noblemen of the era incorporate him into their group as one of their own. It was a tremendous opportunity. And Ishesreyehu Yazula Achiv Yomer Chazak. All the nations now have a new unity of faith. They help each other. However, we're going to see that instead of promoting this concept of one God or lasting for a long time with it, they use their unity really to, to jointly manufacture idols. They went back to their idols. And Pasuk Zion gives us weren't so sad, it would be amusing, almost a conveyor belt of how you make idols, how they all combine together. In other words, the craftsman, after he did encourage the smith how to mold the gold. Then after that, the smith told the guy who had the hammer to pound it. And then after that, he did it, he strengthened it with nails, with masmerim, so it would not fall. So the Navi is saying that this idolatry and immorality is the antithesis of what they should have internalized from Avraham and his victory over the four kings. And they did momentarily, and they failed. And so you see, this is why uh, we read this on Parshas Lech Lecha as the Haftarah. Pasuk Tess, we are now shifting to B'nai Israel. The Navi is addressing them. Vatai Yisrael, Avdi Yaakov Ticha, Zera Avram Ohavi. You, Israel, my servant Yaakov, whom I have chosen, uh, the seed of Abraham, who loved me. We have already distinguished the difference when the Navi uses Yisrael and Yaakov. Yaakov is when B'nai Yisrael is downtrodden, is held in low esteem, in Golos. Um, Yisrael could be Golos as well, but at a time where they are on the upswing, they are respected, they've integrated, etc. And both apply here. 
uh, when they're highly esteemed or where they're in contempt, uh, held in contempt by the rest of the world. In other words, now Israel, the Navi chastises the nations of the world, of course, for their idolatry. They will be judged. But what the Kaddish Baruch Hu is saying in Pasuk Tess, I've taken hold of you from the ends of the earth, all the nations scattered, Mitzosa Oretz. Karasicha, I have taken you away from the great ones. The great ones could be in the nations where they live, where they were gedolim, or scattering them from their own institutions. And I said to you, you are my servants, which is a high compliment. We know very few people are called Abde Hashem. A beautiful phrase, I have chosen you, and I have not, and I will not, masticha, reject you. Do not lose hope, is what the Navi is saying now in Pasuk Yod. Al tira ki imcha ani, al tishta ki ani elokecha, amatsticha, af azarticha, af timachaticha bimein. Sidki. Do not lose hope. Do not fear. I'm with you. Don't be dismayed. I am your God. I have straightened you. I have helped you. I have supported you with my righteous right hand. Each one of those adjectives stand for a different level of um, support and help and aid. Um, my right hand is, is miraculous and will sustain you. And now, in Yud Aleph, the end of Gaulus, theoretically, and your enemies, I will deal with them. That those who oppressed you or turned against you will be ashamed and disgraced. They will become nothing, and they will be lost. And that is the truth. They are relegated, as we've said, to the dustbin of history. Does Sancheirev leave anything behind? Does Paro leave anything? Does Nebuchadnezzar? Tevak shem below timsaim an shem mitzusecha yiyuka ayin uke efes an shem ilkantecha. That these people, people will seek them and look for them. They will become nothing, non-existent. They will, in short, vanish without a trace. I am your God who holds your right hand. I do not be afraid. I have helped you in the past, in the future. I will help you. Do not fear. It 
Al-Tiratolas could be the worm, meaning the downtrodden worm of Yaakov, but Tolas could also mean the people uh, who speak of the mouth, and that that was B'nai Israel, their learning of Torah, etc. They treat us to the Kaddish Baruch Hu. I will help you, I will redeem you, says Kadosh Israel. This is the future destruction of your enemies. I have made you into... Um, Morei Chorutz would be like a serrated threshing machine. New, chadash, with many teeth. And these will pulverize mountains and make hills into wheat chaff. In other words, they're small instruments, but I will make them destructive of the tallest mountains. They will grind the enemy into just chaffs of wheat that go with the wind. Uh, and that's what we see in Tizram, Baruach, Tisaim, Usara, Tafitzosam, Vatosagil, Bashem, Bakodesh, Israel, Tisalal. You will winnow with the wind, and the storm will carry this more. And you will rejoice in Hashem, and you will praise the Kaddish Baruch of Israel. Now we go into a metaphor of the Gullus to Bavel. Um, Haniyim v'hevyonim mevakshim mayim v'ein l'shonom batsoma noshta ani Hashem enim elokei Yisrael. Lo e'ezvam. That the poor and the destitute, the difference between haniyim is they are lacking certain uh, essentials, evyonim have nothing. So both these groups, they are thirsting for water. Um, they, their throats are parched. This, of course, is physical. There was, it was a very rough journey from Eretz Yisrael to Babel. There was starvation and great thirst and cruelty. Yet, uh, and of course on a metaphorical level, we have long learned Mayim is a metaphor for Torah. I will not forsake them. And this is one of the phenomenon of Golos Babel that in Golis Bavel, it was a golden age of Torah. Meforshim just comments on the um, anomaly of that when they, in the last days of Judea, where there's no Yerushalayim, there's no Torah, there's idol worship, Bavel is like a garden of Torah. We know that you had the great yeshivas of Sur and Pompadisa. We had the great Tanoim like Rav and Shmuel. We know that the Gemara that we study today is called Talmud Bavli. It's the Babylonian Talmud. It was a golden age uh, in, in Bavel, uh, which creates, as we're going to see, its own problems. And so in Yudches, that's what the Kodesh Prophet is saying, the Torah will just blossom. Eftach al shvoyim naharos ubetok bekos mayonos asim midbor lagamayim beeretziel amotze mayim. I will open up rivers on the heights on mountaintops. We know that's not the usual occurrence. Rivers don't grow on mountaintops. None of us, I will create springs and valleys. I will turn the desert into pools of water and the parched land into water springs. Again, metaphorically, Torah. 
Etain ba midbo eretz shita va hadas va ayin shomen osim ba rova ba rosh tito va tashri yachdom. Ten different kinds of trees that I will plant in the desert. Again, metaphorically, Torah, cypress, elms, uh, shita trees, myrtle trees, uh, oak trees. Laman Yiru, Pasachach, Laman Yiru, Viedu, Viasimu, Viaskilu, Yachtov, Kiyad Hashem, Osos. And you will not be able to miss it that the hand of the Kaddish Baruch Hu did this. Kaddish um, Israel Bora, he created it. Now we are going to go back and recall we started with a summons to the nations of the world, we're going to have a disputation on how you completely failed to internalize the lessons of Avram and went back into idols. Now a summons to the idol worship themselves. Karbu Rivchem Yomar Hashem. Come, bring here your arguments, bring your Rivchem. Present your strong points. Hegishu atzmoseichem yomar melech Yaakov, says the God of Yaakov. In other words, you are being summoned to trial here. Tell me what you have done. Yagishu v'yagidu lanu esasher tikrina harishonot mahena hagidu v'nashima libenu v'neidach risan ohabaos hashmienu. You false prophets. First, tell what your past prophecies have been. What did they result in? Have they been fulfilled? Do they survive? Tell me about your future, Nabiyas. What are they? What are they going to happen? Approach. Tell us what will happen. Tell us the future of your prophecies. Um, we will pay attention. Tell us what will come. Of course, the Navi is being sarcastic. I challenge you, Nabiim, you false Nabiim of the past, of the prophet, uh, of the future. What? What have you said and has it come true? What are you going to say and what are you predicting? Tell us again the future events, and we'll know you're legitimate, you gods who can do good and bad. Let's discuss it, and we will see together. Uh, again, as we say, it's extreme sarcasm. He's challenging them. But, um, you are nothing, and it's interesting that the word may offer, like Ephes, it's the only time that word appears in Tanakh. But you are nothing, and your work is nothing. Your entire divinity is nothing. Your frauds, your accomplishments are nothing. Only someone who is a toeva, an abominable person, would choose you or your religion. You are nothing. Now the Navi is going to give us a prophecy, which is amazing, Yeshayahu, about a certain king of Bavel, who now will send B'nai Israel back, ushering in a golden age. 
It is very, it's only four or five seconds, but it is complicated enough to warrant holding this over. And in Mirza Hashem, we will talk about one of the most unique figures who impacted Jewish history, Koresh, the king of Babel. 8.45 a.m. tomorrow.